0: Well, good morning, my friends. This is going to be for Monday morning. This is Colossians chapter 1. We're going to try to get through 25 through 29 and finish up the chapters. So 25 through 29, and this is our 97th podcast, so uh, it's moving right along. I'm glad that you're with us, uh, and I pray that you are well. Let's get into it. Colossians chapter 1, 25 through 29, and I'll probably have you underline or circle some words here so that we get the the meaning of what's going on. Colossians 1, 25, I have become its servant, servant, underline that, by the commission, underline commission, that God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. So present and in its fullness, you can circle, of the mystery, verse 26, you can underline that. That has kept has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. You can underline, but is now disclosed to the saints. To them, God has chosen to make known underline make known among the Gentiles uh, the rich the glorious riches of this mystery. And this word mystery is important. We're going to try to explain it a little bit, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's talking to a group of Gentiles, remember a group he hasn't known, and here's the mystery. He unlocks the mystery a little bit here. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Number 28, verse 28, we proclaim, underline, uh, him admonishing and teaching you can underline those everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in christ the goal of the gospel is to present to everyone perfect in christ that takes time that takes effort that takes the preaching of the gospel the teaching of the gospel not just not man's wisdom verse 29 excuse me to this end because of all of that which is above to this end, that connection word here to this end, I labor. It is not um, easy. It was not an easy task that he was given by God. I struggle with all his energy, not my own. That's important. Underline that. I struggle with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. Let's look at some scriptures uh, that will help us to find this. Second Corinthians, or excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 Corinthians chapter four verse two. Let's um, let's look at Paul's calling here. Uh, uh, subtitle on mine says apostles of Christ. Remember, it wasn't there in the beginning. The verses weren't there in the beginning. It was just a letter, not just a letter, but it was a letter in letter form. Uh, First Corinthians four two. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. We are to be faithful in the calling that God has given us. No matter what the cost. It will not always be easy. It will not always be popular. But God has called us to be faithful and to carry out the task that he has given us. Let's look at Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. He's talking to his disciples. It's his his going away here because in uh, verse 9 we see him taken up. But verse... Uh, eight of chapter one says, but you will be receiving power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will all be my witnesses. You'll be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Remember, um, most of the ministry at that time was in Jerusalem and God was about to send um the Holy Spirit into their lives, Acts chapter 2, we see the filling of the Holy Spirit, and then we see that they are spread about, not by uh, just the commission of God, by the persecution that God allows to come upon the church in Acts chapter 8, or uh, 7 and 8, as we see the the changes in the church, and we see Stephen is stoned, they lay their coats at a young man, uh, chapter 8, verse 1, whose name was Saul, and as they lay their coats at Saul's feet, it almost looks like that it inspires Saul, and then he begins to breathe out threatenings toward the church. We know that in Acts chapter 9, verse 1. And then on the road to Damascus, God gets a hold of Saul and gives him this powerful ministry. And he calls him to be faithful. And if you know anything about Paul's life, he was. He was beaten. He was, I mean, he had it all going against him. And yet he continued to be faithful to the ministry that God had called him to. You and I may go through difficult times. I believe in the next year, um, I believe that we're going to face persecution in the church like we've never faced. it. we're facing a few things and, and people are calling it Persecution. If you look at persecution in other places around the world, we're not facing too much, but we will. And I believe it's a good thing because it's going to teach us to persevere in the things of God and to stay in the word of God and to be in prayer. Look at Romans chapter 15, verses 17 through 19. Uh, Paul here ministering to the Gentiles says, Therefore I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. We should be underlining everything that's a service or servant or 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 a minister for God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have, what I' have said and done. First nineteen by the power of signs and miracles through the power of the Holy Spirit, so from Jerusalem all the way to ill Iliscum. it's early in the morning i have fully proclaimed the gospel of christ wherever god has chosen to send me i have fully proclaimed the gospel of christ again we get to a point here of of stewardship and of faithfulness to the calling that god has for each of us, and each of us is a minister of the gospel. God has placed the Word of God in our lives so that we may place it in the lives of others. God has placed the Word of God in our lives. The call of God is upon us, not maybe to be full time pastors, but to be ministers of the gospel. How can you do that? You plant the Word of God deep. Within your heart. Let's look at the word mystery for a moment and what it really unfolds. Ephesians 1 9 says, And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to the good pleasure which he purposed in christ god had a plan and god had a plan to reveal his will a uh, mystery and his will and that mystery talks about is the revelation of christ to the gentiles remember it was um to the jews that jesus sent um his uh, first disciples and he sent them to them and not to the gentiles he would come to his own first and what would happen when he came to his own look at John chapter 1 verses 10 through 13 speaking of Jesus he was in the world and the world was made through him he created all things the world did not recognize him though and if you and I were there you and I probably wouldn't have recognized him either he came to uh, that which was his own and but his own did not receive him he came into the Jews first And the Jews did not receive him. It doesn't mean um, no one received him that was a Jew because we know the disciples were Jewish. Um, Yet to all who received him, to those who believe, underline believed in his name, no other name, only the name of Jesus. He gave the right to become children of God. And this is important. Verse 13, children not born of natural descent, not of human decision or a husband's will, but born of. Um, born of God now they they trusted in their lineage, remember they trusted in their their um their their past they trusted in uh the fathers, the patriarchs they trusted in all these things, and that 's okay because they were they were in uh, lineage was important, and the Jews are important they are the chosen people of God, but Jesus here himself says, "I came unto my own' Uh, my or He came into his own, John says, of Jesus, and they did not receive him. And so he turned and he went towards the Gentiles. And he, and he calls Paul, this magnificent, well-trained Jew, to go to the Gentiles. Again, the economy of God is different than our economy. God's going to do things his way. And you may be finding that out in your life as well. That what God has called you to do is so uncomfortable for you. It's so out of character. I don't know how many pastors I know that said they were frightened to death of public speaking, but God has uh, empowered them. And that's what Paul says here. God empowered me with the strength of the Holy Spirit so that I could carry out the mission that he gave me and what does that say about the mission without the holy spirit you cannot carry it out you cannot do god's work your way you must do god's work empowered by him now let's turn to ephesians 3 and let's look at a, a lengthy portion of scripture 13 verses and this to me will help us to to see the mystery of god unpacked ephesians chapter 3 verse 1 for this reason i paul underline prisoner um of christ jesus for the sake of the gentiles here becomes the ministry or a mystery unfolded what was the ministry that he was going to go to the gentiles and that the gentiles would become part of the family of god let's go on verse two surely you have heard about the administration of god's grace that was given to me you've heard of the testimony and you've heard of the calling already epaphras came to uh to him from Colossae um, to receive um, instruction. Why? Because they knew that Paul had this calling to the Gentiles. Verse three, that is the mystery, underline mystery that has been made known to me by revelation, as I've already written briefly. Again, uh, in, Colossian, in Colossians, he's dealing with the Gnostics and they talk about this mystery knowledge. That's not what he's talking about here because this mystery knowledge, he has, uh, he has been made known to by revelation and he's been making it known to us. Verse four, in reading this, then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to men in other generations, but it has now been revealed by the spirit of God's holy apostles and prophets, not just me, but it's been made known to them. This mystery, underlying mystery, is that through the gospel, the Gentiles, you and I, have been made heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise of Jesus of Christ Jesus. What's the mystery? The Gentiles and the Jews are coming together to become one body. Verse 7, I became a servant, underlined servant. What was he a servant? Of this gospel, of this message that the Gentiles and the Jews would become one body, Christ as the head. Yeah, I was made known this, and I became a servant of this by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Verse 8, although I am the least, less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make known to everyone or plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, underlying mystery, for which... Ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. God created all things. He had this plan and this plan that he would bring uh, people to Christ. Just for a second, hold your spot there and go to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight and in love. When were we chosen? Before the creation of the world. When was the plan of God made for the Jews and the Gentiles? Before the creation of the world of the world verse 11 no verse 10 his intent was that now through the church you and i the manifold wisdom of god should be made known underline that this uh wisdom should be made known to who to the rulers and authorities uh in heavenly realms according to this eternal purpose which we he accomplished in christ jesus who and who was christ jesus Our Lord, underline our Lord, not just a prophet, not just a good man. All of these things are made known now. In him, Christ, and through him, Christ, we may approach God. Look up Hebrews chapter 4 verses 11. No, excuse me. Hebrews chapter 4 verses 14 through 16. Sorry. Write that down. Hebrews chapter 4, 14 through 16. That's how we approach now. We can approach God. Uh, with freedom and confidence. Remember uh, Ephesians chapter four talks about the sinless high priest that we serve Jesus Christ who made access to God with boldness. We can come verse 13. I ask you therefore not to be discouraged because of my sufferings, which are for your glory. I ask you not to get discouraged, not to look at it as a bad thing, but, but God has allowed me uh, through his grace and through his power to suffer, and that suffering is for your good. That suffering is for your good. I am willing to go through what I'm going through because God has called me to be faithful and to steward this mystery that he's given me, the mystery that the gospel is now for the Gentiles as well. Now let's turn to Romans chapter 16, Romans chapter 16, verse 25, verses 25 through 27. Now to him who is able to establish you by my gospel and the proclamation and The proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God. So that all nations, all nations underline it. I looked up all in the Greek. It means all, all nations might, might believe and obey, not just believe believe and obey him to the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. That's a a great portion of scripture there. You can go back in your free time and just look it up word by word. Let's go back to Ephesians, back to Ephesians. We spent quite a bit of time in Ephesians this morning to explain Colossians. That's the way the Word of God works, right? Sixty-six books, 40 different authors, 40-some different authors, over 1,400 years. And God has used it all to proclaim His message. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18 through 23. We're going to land this thing. It says, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that your eyes would see. The heart here is not a vessel. It is the center of who you are. Um, Proverbs chapter 4. Guard your heart for out of it flow all the issues of life. I believe it's Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. If I'm wrong. You can look it up and you can find it. But I believe it's Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart. And now he says the the heart has eyes that they may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Um verse 19, and his incomparably great power for us who believe, the power that is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. What kind of power resides in you and I? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, seated him at the right hand of the Father. Verse 21, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every title that can be given, not only in this present age but also in the one to come. In the ages to come, there will still be no more powerful name than the name of Jesus. No no God no God, little g that's going to overcome our God, big g nothing, we're uh, we're living in an age of incredible spirituality but we're living in an age where Christianity is looked at as just something or uh, uh, some part of all this spirituality when it is at the core of everything that is important in our lives and we need to fight for it, verse 22 and God placed all things under his feet under Christ's feet and pointed him to be head over everything for the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills everything in every way everything in every way that we have need of is found in Christ Jesus so we need to be stewards we need to be servants we need to be witnesses and we need to be found faithful Let's look at uh, Numbers chapter 6, and let me pray with us. Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. God bless you. until so we talk again.